and welcome to Theatre Club. This week we're going to be reviewing Falsettos at the Other Palace, Darkfield Theatre Group which was on at Montgomery Square at Canary Wharf and also Blood Wedding at the Young Vic. I'm here with Alice. Bonjour. And Oscar. Hola. You know how last week we were talking about Big, the yeah. musical, how we loved the film but was not realised in the version we saw. I saw this week that Elton John is doing a musical of The Devil Wears Prada. <gasps> See, that I'm on board with. I have to, because what, Elton John did Billy Elliot, Smash. Mm. I did like the songs in that. Mm, I mean, I'm not King. like, uh, yeah, Lion King. Elton, Bitchy Queen. Mm. Hello. I think you it'll think be so good much music for fun. It. I think it's a perfect pairing. And I really love well, the film. It lends itself, doesn't it? And to have a character, you know, kind of that archetypal female character that um, Meryl Streep plays. Well, I mean, You can who... see that translating. Exactly. But yeah, who, who plays Patty that? Patty LePone? No, Oscar, they, were too, yeah, she won't, they, they won't get Patty LePone to do it. No, probably not. But it'll have to be someone Patty LePone-esque, because this is a big It has big to be... It's starting Imelda. <gasps> no. This is an American production. They wouldn't have a Mel Staunton. This is going to start in. It has to be Seattle. Somewhere. I want to say it's it's doing out. Of oh, so it's tryouts. doing okay. I think it could be good. I'm not 100 percent convinced by Elton John's musical theatre writing. If I'm if I'm honest. Oh, I'm, no, I'm happy. I feel we're in safe hands. Oh no, not for me. Um, mm. but, do you know what else is opening in Seattle? Mrs. Doubtfire the musical. Oh, is that finally happening now as well? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure mm. who the casting is, but it's happening this autumn. So let's watch that space. Yeah, because a lot of well, a lot of. Um, we already mentioned Pretty Woman is coming over from Broadway, mm-hmm. which is actually just closed on Broadway, but yeah. it's coming over here anyway. I guess it's got enough recognition. Tootsie is on Broadway as well. There's a, just a God, what other films. films? Okay, off the top of your head, don't think about it too much. A film you'd like to see turned into a musical. Death Becomes Her. Oh, that's a good one. That would one. be amazing, hun. That is a brilliant shout. Um, the Witches... Oh, they did a play of that once in the West did End they? with um, Ruby Wax, but that could be a kind of you thinking like a Tim Minchinie Matilda. Yeah, style, isn't that on the at the witches. minute? The witches is on at the minute. No, no it's I'm not. thinking of Worst Witch. Oh right, okay, yeah, the which Witch I love. Yeah, the Witches would be really good, but they're doing the film. The it, film's right? just finished. Oh, it's, yes. That's just wrapped. Sorry, just direct from with Warner Anne Wars. Hathaway, <laughs> yeah. star of Devil Wears Prada, and we're right back. We're round. right back <laughs> round. Okay, so oh, wait before one more thing I wanted to mention. Put it on our Instagram already. Everyone obviously already knows about this, but I thought it was quite cool that um, once on this island <gasps> that we saw at the Southwark, the main boy from that little blonde who had his nips out all the time. Yeah, he is playing Evan Hansen, uh, the main role in Dear Evan Hansen. Oh wow, good for yeah. him! So that's a big. That's a big. Sam, that's a huge yeah. jump Tatty. for him. Good that's, for him. But, I mean, isn't that funny? We said every time we see the British Theatre Academy, we're like, they're the stars of the future. Absolutely. We'll be seeing someone from, and look already. He's in the biggest show, basically, that's coming to London in the yeah. next couple of months. Um, I'm gonna, we're going to post it on our Instagram as well. When I went to see a very expensive poison at the Old Vic, and the toilet situation there is horrendous. It's now that you have to go outside, and they've got these kind of... They're not portaloos, but they're like... The they kind basically of, are. Well, they're kind of more like the nicer toilets you get at a festival oh, sorry, if you're working you're backstage. Right. Those yeah. ones, kind of vibes. So, and they've just got those lined up. But what they had, I think, because people have complained about it so much, is that there was a guy standing there with a big bucket of chocolate yeah. ball. Oh, you're lucky you got the chocolate balls. We had celebrations. I love a celebration. I do too, Oscar. Mini but when snickers. we went back, I mean, in... only if it's a bounty. Don't give me a Malteser. <gasps> I'll punch you in the face. Oh, I only want a Malteser. 
Uh, Han, Malteser ones are disgusting. That's why you the Milky Way is the worst. Milky, okay, Milky, Milky Way is the worst. Bounty is the worst. No, no Bounty is the Bounty best. Bounty is the second worst. Milky Way Bounty is the worst. Bounties is my top tops. Uh, Snickers, quite Snickers into. Snickers at the top. A gal cow. A gal cow, indeed, because I like biting off the end and then going, Suck sucking, sucking yeah. off that. Then the Twix. The Twix yeah, Twix there? is Twix. fine. No, goodbye. No, it's kind of biscuity. If you've got a cup of tea. It's a no from me. What's the other one in there? Malteser. Malteser. Mars Yuck. Bar. Mars Bar. Again, Bush. Mars Bar. Bit naff. Mars Bar, even just that tiny bit, you're just like, they're so sickly. They are. Oh. They're sweeter than everything else. Oh, they're they? horrible. Yeah, bounties every time. What's your thing? So we went to see a really, we went to see, um, when we were there, a, um, what was it, Oscar? All My Sons. All My Sons, one of my favourite plays. It's so, it's so intense. You cannot miss a word. Like, it's so good. Russell, Russell, Russell. Oh, behind for God's me. sake. And I thought, thanks, old Vic, for giving everybody sweets that we have to unwrap. Like, give us all wine gums. Anyway, what we will put on our Instagram, because I took a picture of it, and I quite like it's in the, in the toilets, these horrible outside toilets, is that they've got this sort of like quite self deprecating poster saying, all you've said is like, lose, lose, lose. The lose are disgusting. Do you not think women go to the toilet? Da, 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 da. We're doing something about it. And I'll, we'll put it on the Instagram because it's quite a funny sort of, I thought, quite a tongue-in-cheek thing. But I think, yeah, old Vic, you need to bloody do something about yeah. it, for God's sake. Okay, anyway, right, let's get on with my top tip. This week, it is a musical directed by Sasha Reagan, who we adore, who does the all-male version of um, the... Mikado, Gilbert no, and Sullivan. Gilbert and Sullivan, sorry, so um, Pirates of Penzance, she's done a Mikado, she's done an Ilanthi, and she is the also the director of the Union Theatre. Yeah, artistic director. Artistic director, yeah. and Union Theatre is a really sweet theatre, um, sort of near Waterloo Station, under some arches, it's really nice, intimate space, and they are doing the musical Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. Oh wow, And Han. I love that film, famously starring Marilyn Monroe. And the famous number from that one is Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend. Absolutely. By uh, Julie Stein, isn't it, who did um, Gypsy. I did not know that. And Funny Girl. Yeah. I, two of my favourite musicals. Yeah. How fun. Gentlemen Prefer Blonde starts on the 2nd of October and goes through until the 26th. And there's a Sunday matinee. <gasps> Our favourite. So we could just drive into central London on Where's Sunday. Where's it on, hun? At the Union Theatre. Oh, sorry. So that's Southwark. near Waterloo. Yep. Southwark, yeah. So we could just drive in. Brilliant. Hit a, hit a food market beforehand, have a roast. Um, How much tickets? Sorry, I didn't know that up. Oh, she's not even prepared. I I'm have so looked it up. Sorry. They're £22. Or £22.50. Oh, reasonable. So, so amazingly reasonable. I'm really looking forward to this because it's not a show. The film's very famous, but it was a Broadway show first and it's not one that's been revived that much. Cool. Thanks, Diamonds Han. are a girl's best friend. <laughs> right, you're not mine anymore. Okay, so... <laughs> <laughs> right, first reviews of the week then. What oh, have we got? Falsettos. Tell me everything. So we've been talking about this one for a long time. It's Come to the Other Palace. Falsettos is an interesting one. So it started off as a... There was a one-act play called In Trousers in 1979, a one-act musical about a man called Marvin who's married, they have a child, Jewish New Yorkers. He is gay and he leaves his wife, basically. And then in 1981, they kind of restructured it and did this one act called March of the Falsettos. And then in 1990, he did another show about the same characters called Falsetto Land, so a kind of sequel musical. Um, And in this, it carries the story on a bit further. And obviously from 1981 to 1990, AIDS crisis... So it's kind of a very two very different looks at a kind of gay life 
in New York. Those two one-act shows, March Falsettos and Falsettolands, got then combined in 1992 into a show that we now see today called Falsettos. Got you. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's the setup. Marvin and his wife Trina, they have this son called Jason who's about to be bar mitzvahed and it's just about the dysfunction of their lives. She goes to see a therapist, Mendel, who is Marvin's old therapist, and she ends up falling in love with him. They're all very dysfunctional. The first song in the musical is called Four Jews in a Room Bitching. Amazing. And so all of the songs are quite fun, I would say. Like, it's got a really fun tone to it. Yes, it's that sort of New York neurotic. They're all sort of worrying that they're screwing up their child. They're sort of worrying about not being perfect. And it feels very sort of truthful to that. And it's all sung through. And it's very complex music. It's not kind of song followed by song followed by song. Some of it's kind of talky speaking. Some of it's sort of songs. It's got that sort of fast patter changing rhythms almost as they sort of analyse and overanalyze their lives. In the first half, in the first act, I, I came out in the interval and I was like, mm, I'm not sure if this is for me. Okay. It's quite fun, but I'm not really liking the mum. She's quite neurotic. She has a fantastic number though. She's called I'm Breaking Down. And it's very funny and she's mm. like, my family's breaking up, but I'm breaking down. And it's huge and her wow. hair's going everywhere and her voice oh, is amazing. And I was like, how do I know her? How do I know that voice? And we'd seen her in Sideshow. She played oh. one of the conjoined twins. She's called Laura Pitt Pulford. Okay. And we saw her in Barnum playing the wife. Of oh, she's so, she's so good. So that was a really good number. And then... The husband is played by, Marvin is played by Daniel Boys, who's another sort of West End star who's in the original cast of Avenue Q. And Wizard is Oliver Seville, who was in Wicked. But you're not really in the first bit, you're not really. So she's kind of a bit nuts. And even though you think, oh, that must be awful for your husband to leave you. And you thought that you had this life and now you're like, this is so not what it's going to be. And you get with this other man who's a, you know, a therapist who's obsessed with her, but she doesn't really love him. She just wants her life back. But you don't like... You're not vying for her. Yeah. And then you've got the kind of awkward child who's just like, what is going on around me? You're not really... He, you know, He's not that endearing. He's just a bit odd. He has no friends and wants to play chess. The therapist is completely obsessed with her and just the kind of larger than life, very funny... He so, was great. Uh, Joel Montague. He, he's he's giving therapy to the her ex-husband at one stage and he's just trying to get hints about her. Like, what okay. does she, how does she like to sleep? Does she wear negligee? And that's quite funny. But you're not really... The emotional... You're not, like, tied to Well, the problem is, because they're all very sort of neurotic and quite... Um, they have a pessimistic outlook. So when he describes his boyfriend, Wizard, he sort of describes the negative parts of him as much as the good, if okay. not more, in that sort of over-analytical kind of way. So they tend to show the worst sides of themselves. And that's kind of mentioned within the lyrics, that that sort of Jewish guilt of, like, over-analyzing the worst bits about yourself yeah. instead of the positive. So it does make it perhaps a bit hard in the first half to kind of connect with That's them. what it sounds like. None of them are that likeable. No, You're not really, really rooting for anyone. No, then, I'm not really sure if I'm like, oh, this is, I really hope that that kid's okay. And yeah. how nice, you know, I don't really get that. And then they have a lesbian couple who they make friends with in the second half. Yes. And then you kind of see this new dynamic. It's five years on, isn't it? And then the son's grown up a bit more. And so they all go to a, a, a baseball match. And she's sort of joking that, oh, great, my husband and his, and now his... His... Yeah, who wouldn't want their husband and their lover at their son's little league baseball game? And so it's like this there, and the two lesbians are there, and you're kind of like this, like they're all just hanging out now, and you sort of think, oh, that's that's what their life is now, and these are the people that are important to the child, and they've they're important enough to be the ones at this basketball match. You start to see a new dysfunctional family kind of come together, and then at the end, it's so touching and sad, and kind of 
it's really it turns into a completely different piece almost and yeah. I really loved it and I said to Oscar I was like I was almost crying like oh, it almost wow. had me because the last song was beautiful and if I'd have liked them all in the first half I'd have been there oh, and I'd have gone out and I'd have gone oh I my don't God. think that's quite it I've just had thought okay. it's not that I think it kind of works that you don't like them in the first half because they're sort of dysfunctional and messy and then in the second half we begin to see a different side of them and how they gel together out of the kind of chaos of the first half into a family. Problem is the first half is too long. Okay. So you spend too much time with the slightly dislikable... Yeah. Breakdown. And too many ballads in the first half that don't tell you anything new. Mm-hmm. The first half should have been stripped back to more the numbers like I'm Breaking Down and the kind of those numbers. There were too many ballads that didn't really go anywhere because it's like, well, you're saying you love Wizard, but you're also saying that he's awful. Mm. And that's fine, but I think that goes on too long. If the first half had been shorter, I would have been like, okay, this is a set of people, and then the second half, look at where they've come from there. I've just had a thought. I think what they should have done is that the child and his relationship with Wizard, the boyfriend who he really liked, and at his bar mitzvah, he's like, I really want him at my bar mitzvah, I don't want to have my bar mitzvah until he's well again. And in the end, they're like, why don't we have the bar mitzvah in his hospital room? Oh, he's he won't get well again. He's not going to get well again. And that's, it's so amazing, and the mum's kind of crying. And just I like, would have been crying, but that relationship should have been investigated. Okay. He should have had a song about how much he loved Wizard. But I think in general, I think I really, really liked the music. I thought it was kind of yeah, interesting did. and challenging. And the little boy in it who was played by George Kennedy on the night we saw And what was age is he roughly? I guess he's supposed to be playing almost 13. But to sing those kind of songs for a child, he was brilliant. George Kennedy was amazing. And they all, we should mention the lesbian couple, is Natasha Barnes, who took over from Sheridan Smith and Funny Girl. Oh, she was great. She was great. And then Gemma Knight-Jones. All of them in the aforementioned cast are incredible singers. They've basically assembled the best singers. And for a show that's fully sung through and has so many dynamics, it's ballads, it's patter songs, it's kind of talk singing, it's singing singing. They've really, the cast are pretty phenomenal. It is, I think it's a really good show. It's, I loved it, but it is, it's mm-hmm. over long mm-hmm. in its yeah. entirety. And that's a little bit of a shame. When's it on till? It runs for a good long time. It runs until the 23rd of November. Oh, crikey. And the ticket pricing, it's dynamic ticket pricing, as they call it. So in, um, like, Mondays to Thursdays are a bit cheaper. You can sit on the front or back rows for £19.50. And then on sort of Friday nights, Saturday nights, it's slightly more expensive. The front row is £29.50, I think. Still incredibly reasonable, and it's yeah. a lovely theatre. Front row or back row are very good um, for the price. And then it kind of top prices about 45 early in the week and 55 at the weekends. Cool. Now onto something completely different. A few weeks ago we talked about this, um, Darkfield is a theatre company, would you call them that? Yeah, Yeah, production company maybe? Immersive theatre company. Immersive theatre company. So I'd seen a long time ago Seance, I've seen that twice at different stages when it's been in London. And then I knew that up at the Fringe, the company, they've had another show called Flight and another show called Coma. And um, what they did was they set up in Montgomery Square in Canary Wharf, where I went yesterday. Worth saying, I had never been to Canary Wharf before, so that was a bit like, whoa. It's odd, isn't it? It's, it's so clean, it's not far. I thought, I was like, yeah. oh my god, I'm going to have to get like the DLR. You don't have to do that at all, you just get the Jubilee. Yeah, Jubilee. And all of this, they've set up these three white sea containers. And actually, just that in itself looks quite cool. So, and each of them just having black writing on the side, seance, flight, and coma. Um, I opted not to see seance again, because I've seen it twice and loved it. I'm going to sort of describe what they were like, and I don't want to spoil it for anyone, because these things will come back. But I kind of think forewarned is forearmed, in a way, because they're pretty 
out there, right? So it's a massive big white secretary and they're all identical sizes because it is just a secretary. Yeah. And they do a big speech beforehand and they do keep emphasising if you suffer from claustrophobia, this is not for you. And there will be an option at the start where you can just go, do you know what? I'm out of here. That's yeah. me. Um, Bye. That's you. Bye. Um, so you go in, so the flight one, go into the sea container and they've basically taken, it's actually like walking into an airplane. It's proper airplane seats. So there's about 10 rows, I'd say, of three seats each. So it, li- and, but it's the old, remember like old um, style, I think it's like more Brasheris where it was like blue leather seats. Do you yeah. know the ones I mean, right? They still have those on Ryanair, the blue leather ones. Mm-hmm. I don't fly Ryanair. I don't fly, hun. You're, you're, you're Mrs. EasyJet. Um, so, so that's, so you go in and you sort of, and you get given a, like a ticket. So it's like pretending you're boarding flight and you sit where you should. And then you look out and they've got little television screens like you would in a plane. And then it's like, um, and there's a lady in the screen and it's just like, please put your headphones on. You put the headphones on. It's like, testing left, beep, beep, testing right, beep, beep. So you're checking and I'm like, my headphones work. And they're very noise cancelling, you know. And then the lights kind of go and they're like, We're, this is a night flight. Um, so it's going to get dark soon. Um, and then it's kind of like, and it's like this, your captain speaking. And the way where I've described science before is imagine sound traveling through your headphones. So you will literally think someone is standing on the left and giving the person sitting next to you a drink. So you can hear the air hostess and you can hear she's going, would you like orange juice? And the person's kind of like, no, I think I'd quite. She's like, oh, we've got his orange juice. And you're just like, oh my God. And you are, and you're in darkness. I've kept my eyes open. And I said this in my last review of it is you're so seldom ever in pure darkness that way when you're in these dark filled things oh, you, is it pitch black it's pitch black and whatever ah. the more emphasized version of pitch black is like yeah. that way where i'm like at one point i'm thinking are my eyes open or closed i don't even know anymore it's <gasps> so dark so cool. like it's so, so it's a black. full audio experience I've full forgotten audio that experience sounds. yeah that's all really what it is but you're sitting in the chair and then and i don't want to think too much about how they did this and I'm sure someone could explain to me and I'm sure we could email Darkfield and they could explain to us. But they make you feel like the plane is taking off. And that is done through incredibly clever audio, but also your chair starts to move. So you're not feeling like... And yeah. you can feel you're being pressed back into a chair when your flight's taking off. What? And how on earth... I, I don't want to think about it too much because I don't want to kind of ruin the magic for myself. Yeah. So so clever like I've not flown for quite a while now and that feeling of what it is like because I and I was thinking about you so much Alex that you'd hate flying I love flying and that feeling of like I I didn't have any problem with it but see if you even had a tiny wee thing where you're like I really am a bit frightened of flying you would shit yourself at this you would absolutely shit like Aww. it was, was it like a scary kind of it was ride? so scary at Why would points anyone do that? but it was it, because what, but what it is is like basically they're trying to tell this story and basically so the point is like you're kind of on this flight and it's all getting a little bit unhinged so you've got a kind of angry air hostess the captain's then talking but he doesn't realize his mic's on and things can we just oh. like pause the podcast and if anybody doesn't want to listen to the rest of this review can turn off i want to know everything 
Like, I, I want to know I exactly what happens. You're well, going to get Oscar. But it's, it's gone now. That's the problem. It's gone. But if it comes back, back. You, people, you have to see this. So if I won't tell you what, but it's things to imagine the audio experience being part of it is suddenly the captain's come up and he's whispering to you, oh my God, that's it. At one point they say, they're like, obviously part of this flight, it's, it's an unlucky flight. If anyone would like to change their seats, um, we'll be doing that in one minute and you can get up, please choose another seat please feel free to choose another seat. And you can just hear this kind of, like people talking about which seat they would choose. Then suddenly there's someone, like it feels like their breath is on your face. Suddenly someone's whispering right in your ear and it's going, this is the captain. Just to say, you're already in the luckiest seat. You don't need to move. Okay, so you're sitting there a bit like, but then you can hear people are moving. And obviously everyone at this production has had the same mm-hmm. audio yeah, I've had so no one's moving obviously but you can hear it That's it's so cool. so cool and it's so real and mental okay it gets more mental I've got about half an hour till the next show the next one's coma queuing up and I'm thinking what on earth this is and again I hadn't read anything about what what was happening in this one so coma you go into the sea container it's all rows and rows of bunk beds Okay, but they're almost built. So imagine like, like a wee wee pods, I like wee cabin yeah. beds. The headphones are there, so you put your headphones on again. Then beside your head is a tiny wee silver dish, and in the dish is a tablet, right? And it says on the t- it, so it looks like like a Xanax, and it says on it coma, which I thought was super cool. I've obviously taken a couple um <laughs> to keep for myself at home so you lie down and it, the audio sort of starts it's like you know and basically you're in a hospital and it all felt quite one flew over the cuckoo's nest vibes and then they're saying they're like you know you can take the pill if you want or if you don't want to take the pill or you could if you feel you've got difficulty swallowing the pill you could eat the pill and i'm holding this pill in my hands and i kind of know i'm thinking well of course it's not going to be anything it. but you know because of safety or whatever yeah. but I just thought do you know what in for a penny man and I just got as much saliva as I could in my mouth it was pretty big like swallowing a whole paracetamol and I was like Ugh. and I was like and I took the pill so you're lying there and this one was a trip so basically it's the doctor's there and he's kind of talking and it's talking to other and, and suddenly you've got someone whispering right in your ear and it's like I hope that this comes across the pocket but someone, he's like did you take the pill and you're like he's like I hope that you did, because I think that you're the one who definitely should. It's things like that, and you're kind of lying there like... <laughs> then the doctor said, he's like, he's like, oh, he's like, who's got who's got perfume on? Oh, that perfume, it's delicious. And as you're lying there, you're like, oh my God. Is that your Yeah, it's, it's my Giorgio Beverly Hills perfume. Sorry, guys, I put too much on today. But um, you're suddenly like, oh my God, what is that perfume? And then I realised the little grill that's beside her head is pumping in smells right across your nose. So it's right there. So clever. It was absolutely brilliant. What this company are doing, it's so brilliantly executed. I, I can't recommend it enough. If you've never done anything like this, and they'll come back and we'll we'll put it on the Instagrams and stuff, but it's just so effective and so interesting. But ever if ever you have the opportunity, and if this is travelling around, do it in that order. Do seance, flight, then coma. 
These three, really, really they've just been it. so brilliant. Oscar, you're such a thrill seeker. You would love. I that. know. I really. You would. You would out. The only one that you wouldn't have dug was the flight one because you're frightened to fly. Terrified of flying. That would be the only thing, and you really, and you really would have like peach pants, big time, big pee pee. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. So then, you guys, I am desperate here. While I was submerged in a coma yesterday you guys went to see blood wedding and i've made a blood wedding themed cocktail (gasps) yes so this is the blood wedding cocktail so i've tried to do something red is Love my it. basic is premise it, for this. Is it vodka and food dye? No, it's fresh raspberries and I've used whiskey because the players you'll hear is set in Ireland. So right. I've got whiskey, raspberries and then a vanilla sugar syrup. <gasps> Squeeze a lemon, muddled it all with the fresh raspberries, whiskey, shook it, strained it. And that, just the raspberries has made it that red? Yeah. Bloody hell. That's what happens when you buy expensive raspberries in Stoughton Newington. Get over it. Two punnets for a fiver. That is outrageous. I think that's cheap. I think that's outrageous. She's lived here too long. Smells amazing. I love raspberries. It's fresh, isn't it? I haven't put too much whiskey in it. I really like that. That's like a high-end cocktail, hun. Mm. But also, just fresh raspberries really give yeah, such really a lovely do. taste, don't they? Oh, they're delicious. It tastes, yeah, super fresh. So let's tell Madeline about Blood Wedding. Mm, so we knew nothing about this. We booked it with the Young Bit season last year. So we had no idea, I just thought, you know, all this stuff's pretty good. So this is a play, a lot of people already know it, it's by Federico Garcia Lorca, who also wrote Yerma. Oh right, which we Which was on at Young Vic with Billy Piper. So upset I didn't see that still ahead, it was incredible. So he's a playwright from the first half of the 20th century. So Yerma was 1934 and this Blood Wedding was 1933. Written in Spain, obviously Spain was about to go into a huge turmoil as kind of context when this is written with the Spanish Civil War and the Second World War and all that jazz. Um, And so this has been adapted by Marina Carr, who's an Irish playwright. So she's kind of readapted and rewritten the text for this new production, which is being directed by Yale Farber. Y-A-E-L? Yeah, Yale. Yale Yale. Farber. It's set in Ireland in a fairly unspecific time. Kind of, you go in, they've done it. Obviously, the Young Vic always changed the staging. This is done in the round with this wooden stage with a load of sort of furniture in the middle and some blood on the floor. And it's all very wooden and earthy and the show starts, it's very atmospheric. And we kind of learn as it goes along, it's about these families in Ireland. There's this woman, her husband and son have been murdered and she's just left with her one youngest son who she is wanting to marry off to this man who she li- they live on the flatlands and this guy lives up in the mountains mm-hmm. and has a daughter. And so it's quite a kind of financial yeah. sort of strategic marriage she wants him to be married off she has this obviously huge bitter resentment for the felix clan who killed her husband and her son so we know that there's this backstory of violence and revenge and she she has not let this go yet and she finds out that the woman that her son might be marrying was once romantically linked or perhaps betrothed to one of the felix clan okay And this production is so atmospheric, very ominous. And the way the characters talk to each other, it's such a serious and kind of 
brooding and intense thriller revenge play, but it's also really funny. A sort of dark humour, isn't it? A dark sort of Irish. I love listening to Irish. I loved that. What was the Irish play that we saw, Oscar? And it was with the big Irish family. The Ferryman. The Ferryman. I loved it. Yeah. And I, I just love listening to people talk. Like how Irish people talk in that kind of lyrical way. Their turn of phrases. Like when you're always like, oh, it puts my head on fire away. You mm-hmm. know, it's just like stuff that we're not used yes. to hearing. And the fra- and there's it's a one of- phrase that is just so evocative. Yeah. And it sort of has a, a, this whole play has a a kind of mythology to it. She's dug into that sort of Irish mythology of the clans and who was there first and where the gypsies came from and if they don't really have a a land, but then the gypsies claim, well, we were actually here first, we were the kings of this place and they're saying, you're kings of nothing, you're the kings of the road. Yeah. So it's got this kind of, this mythological and the whole play is really about the cycle of violence and how far back it goes. And the casting is amazing. The whole thing was cast so well. Everyone was very authentic, very believable. What sort of oh, the men are we talking? The men are there in bare chests and beards with their yeah. white, pale Irish skin, like real peaky Big, broad blinders, shoulders. Kind of. And then there's an old lady who must have, the actress must have been in her 80s. So it's very, it feels very authentic and very earthy. And some of the effects, the way that they showed um, the Felix character riding his horse, his wild white stallion across the mountains. Yeah. The way they showed that was so effective. Such a clever, simple technique. A sort of rope comes down from the ceiling that he basically just holds onto and he runs in the circle of the stage, as it were, and it sort of lifts him up ever so slightly and his legs just sort of almost gallop as he cuts through the wind. You know, you can just imagine him riding through the air. It was just so well done. It and sounds the whole, like the lighting must have been incredible. Lighting was brilliant. The yeah. whole thing really starts to build, doesn't it? And then they have this sort of god slash ghost, wasn't it? A ghost of the kind of women past that have been murdered and she was In Spanish, a white suit. And which she kind of does tied this it. chanting. It was like we had music music there, wasn't she it? She had just a slight she... echo on her mic, so it had this very ethereal... But she was kind of chanting in this sort of almost Spanish flamenco-y wailing... And so that kind of ties it back to the original yeah. Spanish author, which I quite liked. I loved it. Do you remember when we used to watch a film when we were younger about the Irish... Way Out West. Way Out West. Yeah. And the mother, and they were sitting around the campfire and they'd see the ghost of their mother and he rode mm. that white horse over the mountains and they realised that the, the mother was in the horse. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's all that sort of... I love it. I'm in. There's no interval. It's almost two hours, an hour 55, wow. no interval, which is the perfect way to do it because you just need to be engrossed in that story. And I think after, you know, I just was ready that night for something a bit more heavy, a bit more gritty. But something that keeps, it does keep it light. There are definitely moments all the way throughout that make you laughing. And you've got to have those moments to release the tension in a story like this. But really good. Just an epic sort of tale of revenge and the awful cycle of violence that's going to continue after. Yeah. It's really good. I actually really recommend you see it. I think Yeah. I think you'd really like it. How long is it on for? Young Vic, yeah. So the Young Vic, and it runs till November 2nd. And scrolling through the dates, there are some that have just regular availability and then some that are saying limited. Nothing's sold out yet, but I think once the reviews are out, which they probably will be by the time we release this, obviously, I think it's going to start... Selling out. It's going to start selling out, so I think... If you can just grab a ticket now, listen yeah. to this, then absolutely do it. If not, the Young Vic obviously have their returns queue that people get in. Um, yeah, just look on their website. They have a whole page about how to get tickets for things, but the returns queue is usually how people do it. If you can see it, we 100% recommend it. I think it's a proper serious, but also funny and just involving show. Really well staged. Beautifully written. It's not a, there's haunting. Not a haunting. It's not a 
that is lyrical, it's poetic, it's atmospheric, and there's not a dull moment in it. Still thinking about it. I'm still thinking about oh, it. That's lovely it. to hear. Still I'd go about, again. I'd still go thinking again. about moments. Go see this and then just look ahead for the Young Vic and why not just book a load of stuff because I think it's just one of the most reliable theatres in London at the moment for really interesting plays. So let's finish these lovely blood wedding drinks um, and next episode we are going to have the new Carol Churchill play at the Royal Court. Do you see? Starring Big Buzz. Toby Jones. Yeah, lots of people Called like Bluebeard, Glass... No, Bluebeard, Kill, Glass, Imp, something like that. It's got a weird title. Classic Carol. Um, we're very <laughs> excited to see Toby Jones. I'm going up to Manchester to see Mame soon. The musical. Oh, uh, Han, you never told me about that. That's actually, I played Mame. I am Mame. <gasps> what? Did you? When? Han, when in your am jam group. In my am jam group. You played Mame. Yeah, in of Manchester. course I did. No, 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 when I was younger. Oh, when you were younger, younger. A little, a little tiny Mame. That's adorable. Well, I'm going to oh see Tracy God, Bennett do it. Okay, um, fabulous. So hopefully I'll have a review of that in the next episode as well. Um, so I'm potentially going to see um, English National Opera's Orpheus. Oh yes, Orpheus in the Underworld, which has been directed by Emma Rice. Yes. Of Wise Children fame um, and uh, Knee High. That's great expectations good. at the Southwark coming up Ooh. as well. So yeah, we've got some good stuff to look forward to. Thank you again, loyal listeners. Do tell any of your theatre theatre friends about this if you haven't already please subscribe go on itunes leave us a review if you enjoy the show because those are really great to have they help the podcast and follow us on instagram of course at theatre club podcast where i'll post a picture of this lovely blood red blood wedding cocktail delicious and until next time this has been theatre club podcast Bye-bye. bye bye